This is the audio podcast. It's Tuesday, the 11th of March, 2014, and this is show 107, Last Minute Hoverboards. Last minute indeed for me this week. I've only just arrived. I've read about two of the show notes this week. It's going to be great, and I might need to fail halfway through, but I'm Samuel Freeman. That's Scott Hewitt. Adam Gantry's here as well. I'm sure I'll make it to the end of the show, even if I don't. And uh, yes, I might turn into a robot, which is what's been happening to me recently on the audio podcast. You can get in touch with us in a number of ways. We've got Twitter at the audio podcast, uh, the, the, the show email, show at the audio podcast.co.uk, and you can follow along the notes that we use to deliver the show to you at the audio podcast.co.uk forward slash show forward slash 107. Yeah. I think we can get started. Straight into the news, time. straight straight into the news as well. So coming from a, our first bit of news related to South by Southwest this week, I believe Adam, you uh, you put it up here, so you could take the lead on this. Neil Young, though. Well, yeah, we talked about this several audio podcasts ago. Show number seventy-two. I remember I was I, I might have actually been lying on my sofa uh, in twenty twelve. Um, we covered the uh, the fact that Neil Young wanted uh, to. Put, put together a music service for high quality digital download music with a, and, and also was talking about a, an audio player. Well, more details have been provided Ooh. about the service and also a Kickstarter for the player for the music player device will be going live later this week. I've been given two different, I saw two different dates, the 12th or the 15th of March. Indeed, but. I think this is, it's been no surprise, yeah. You gave no direct link to the current story, but a quick search for the Bono player thing shows lots of sources of slightly conflicting information, but that's because it's all kind of ahead of Neil Young's own announcement. Yes, I will put a link to the story I got it from. I got it from The Guardian. Um, I'll put that, that link in the show notes. But yeah, the idea is that he wants to create this. It's, it's the Toblerone-shaped music player. and. It'll support high quality playback and da da da. I'm quite interested to take a look. This is the thing that goes in your pocket, isn't it though? It's 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 like uh, a like a high quality iPod, am I right? It's, or is this or is it like a kind of big thing that's gonna sit in your house? Oh no, I have a feeling it's supposed to be more like an iPod. Yeah, it's supposed to be a size thing, yeah. I think it has a com- like a computer hosted software side to it for downloading content that you would synchronise to your portable device. And they're also planning to release earphones and headphones before cool. it, that you can make the most of it. So, oh, well, that, that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested. I, I think everybody knows I have lots of concerns about these, about the, the benefits of high-quality audio playback while you're walking down the side of a dual carriageway, as we've discussed on <laughs> So you've discussed many times on the show, but, but still, that's cool. And actually, if you think a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Beats headphones and the kind of you know, kind of level of discrediting that perhaps has gone towards the actual quality of them. So there's definitely space for a high-quality audio-focused kind of brand to, to kind of move into that sort of space. And loads of people buy, you know, kind of that sort of heavily branded kind of product anyway. So I think they'll probably do quite well with this. Well, the question is whether the service that that this Pono Music thing is putting forward is actually actually has uh, a USP, if it actually has something that differentiates it, because you can get high quality music players that play high quality files yeah. already, so it maybe there's 
because Neil Young was talking with Steve Jobs about putting really high quality music on iTunes and obviously that hasn't happened. But the what what's interesting though is it's the question of high quality, I think, is very relevant, isn't it? Because as an observation to you immediately, one thing I would say is, well, why not make it so they play back CD quality audio, which would be an increase on MP3 and AAC kind of audio quality. So, you know what I mean? Like, that would be step one, surely. That would be a higher quality thing. And then, yes, there is an even higher quality beyond that point, but why not go from where we are to where we were in the 80s. Why not do that step first and then worry about... Well, you don't need to. Because that's yeah, I mean, unnecessary. Because yeah. the, the player that he that they've been putting together is at one... It's 128 gigabytes. So it's actually a pretty decent size. Mm. You couldn't put a whole... a whole huge library of high-quality 2496 music on into that space. But um, you, you could still fit a lot of music there. But I'd just say there's no point. If you're going to do it at... CD quality, you might as well do it at 2496 and not have to organize having an, a, an extra format of something that you have to do something with at home. I recall reading in the past things um, of Neil Young speaking out against CD quality, his disinterest in digitally remastering or CD quality because he didn't think that even that was good enough. It's only, it's only in more recent years that the availability of 64 all that kind of stuff that he He's a opinion it's worth doing. Yeah. Well, I, I say I think mm, slight aside here. Um, okay. I, I I'm very much. Oh well, we mentioned it on the on the show before. Um, the the Boards of Canada recent Boards of Canada album Tomorrow's Harvest, uh, which we were talking about because it did a, a it had a live stream of itself on YouTube, which you tuned into, but you couldn't listen to again. This was before it was released. But the sound, that the way that album actually sounds, is actually very clean, um, but it still sounds very beautiful at the same time. I wonder if 2496 has actually helped um, that music become clearer, in, in improving the clarity of it. I'm not sure, because I've been jumping, but I've been trying to up sample my stuff that I've been working on in Logic, I've noticed it's at 44.1 and I've updated it to 96 and there's a slight difference, you know, they're just it's a little clearer, it's a little bit easier to hear bits and pieces. Hmm. I think it's a good thing to, you know, might as well aim for it. There'll be lots of people out there who like their high quality stuff. Oh yeah, I, I think the high, higher quality sampling rates and bit depths definitely make a quality, definitely make a difference to what you're recording. I'm saying what you get is a higher you get a higher quality product and if you're in a situation where you're able to listen to it and discern the increase in quality then it, it is noticeable and I don't even think it's noticeable in terms of comparative either. I don't think you need to hear here it is at 44.1, here it is at 96 and saying you can hear it at 96 and it will sound you know it will sound markably you know better. I think it does have like more presence to it, more precision to it, there's a crispness and the higher frequencies you know there's there are elements about it. I, I think as a as a question of quality and best listening experience, it's, it's you know I mean I I don't I think it's a great idea and I think there's lots of reasons to go towards that. I just I still have this concern that I don't think the majority of people are actually that bothered about the quality of audio for these kind of things to be a particularly 
particularly kind of long, kind of viable option sort of stuff like that. Because yeah, you know, my, my supporting evidence to that would be that people had CDs and opted to go for lower quality and convenience of MP3. And I think the lower quality and convenience question, the, the convenience question, the convenience part of MP3 is is the important thing. That's what people decided to lose quality to go that route. So I wonder if that's, you know, I mean, I think it strikes me as a hard sell to kind of say this is going to be better quality, but maybe it's, not it's as. Hard sell, but I have a feeling it's not supposed to be for everybody. It's supposed hmm. to be for those people who want the high quality stuff, and maybe those, maybe there are those people like Neil Young's quite old, and he was obviously brought up in the LP age, so. The fact that he didn't, he wasn't so keen on CD quality, but you know, you get up to 2496, and it's like, okay, you know, we're at a point now. You could, you could always say, oh, this is just a reason to, for, to get the whole industry to remaster everything and and sell a new bunch of stuff at the higher quality or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I say, let's see what what happens. Yeah. There we go. I think we're let, let's carry on. That was a lovely little. Uh, <laughs> That story one of the news items, I say. Here, so um, come on, news items. Lots of announcements. There's been um, is it Sound and Pro Lightning and the Messer is kind of on happening and stuff like this. So um, I haven't taken all of the stuff. I've got. I must confess that this week's show notes were rushed on my behalf. I'd had a very awkward week this past week, so I've not been able to put the time I normally do in here. So I've really just had to grab my highlights, and I suspect next week we might come back to look at some more of stuff that was that's being announced this week. It's also tricky sometimes whether to whether to discuss the pre-announcement or whether to wait for the announcement to discuss the announcement. So we have that classic kind of thing going on as well. Um, but Soundcraft have announced the VI3000 uh, new digital console. This um, awesome. Yes, it, it is. <laughs> like, I don't often... I'm often like kind of disinterested in large pro mixing desks that I'm never going to touch, but this one looks incredible. <laughs> so okay, let's take the serious side of it in a minute here. So um, first of all, though, obviously um, it has Dante compatibility on it, 96 channels into mix on it there as well. And I got kind of slightly distracted by this because I love the way that they kind of they've kind of subsumed telephone language here. So it comes with SpiderCore DSP and runs version 4.8 of their sound, of Soundcraft VI, which I thought was like, you know, what I mean, we've got to the point in our got to the point in the world where digital desks are sold on version numbers of their operating systems. I think that is, you know, <laughs> I'm slightly alarmed. But anyway, it it does look awesome, doesn't it? I'm saying visually incredible, and functionality is everything you would expect of that sort of quality and tier of craft tier of desk. I'm saying. Soundcraft desks are incredible, aren't they? It's just, yeah. Wow. The, the, th the thing that really got me was, you didn't really get it from the first page, but when I clicked through and watched the um, short, like, it was a two-minute video um, that gives a review of its features, and the touch screens that they've got above each bank of eight faders have dials of, like, little pentagenometers inset into the touch screen, so the display around the edge of uh, like a turning update. So rather than just having like a little row of LEDs showing you what the value is and having the on-screen display slightly separate from it, same way that you'd have on like Sony DMX test or whatever, this is a whole, you know, you're reaching out and turning the dial within the display that's changing. So it's, you've got, yeah, the dynamic touchscreen full-color display, but you've also got knobs 
I think that that kind of integration helps me to be excited. And yeah. and how much does this beast of a desk cost? I I I haven't seen a price actually. A lot will be the answer though. <laughs> It, I'm saying it, it's it's a big full size full spec desk for professional work. It's you know it, it's what it is. I'm saying you can kind of tell. So I'm saying Sam's right. I'm saying this kind of pioneering integration of kind of you know screen and interface is just is just incredible. But also in terms of spec, I'm saying I said it had Dante in there. It also has Maddie on the back of it as well. I'm saying it's you know I mean, th this isn't. I, I always kind of joke to people. This isn't a Yamaha desk where you buy a desk and it has a whole collection of empty slots at the back. This is the classic kind of. This is what I always think sometimes puts, makes Soundcrafts kind of stand out that little bit is here's the Soundcraft desk and rather than having the these are things you could do in the future if you deal with the world of problems that comes with these things here instead is the all the functionality you could possibly want we built it in and we support it and it works you know what I mean there's no no kind of which Maddie card should I buy and which is most likely to work with my random desk you know what I mean it's I mean, it's just here's the feature it's done you can go to work with this and it begins and stuff so I think it's an awesome deck like. I was really excited to see it. I'm glad to... Sometimes I feel on this show we don't get excited about random bits of hardware in the way we maybe should do, and I'm glad you were excited about this one, Sam, because I thought this was an awesome one as well. Just, yeah. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Just, I mean... The reason you know, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't surprised, uh, surprised or it didn't seem very interested was because I hadn't updated the show notes soon enough, so I, I didn't actually see it. Oh. But it does look, uh, yeah, it looks pretty special, doesn't it? There we go. So let, let's keep going here. I'm going I'm to keep moving as long as we're clearly we're about to make very bad podcast for what for a better phrase, which involves the three of us sitting in silence looking at a picture, which is <laughs> the worst possible podcast coverage you can ever have. And well, um, Audio Technica have re-released the uh, A2 A24060A, which is a, a tube, a large, a cardioid large diaphragm tube mic. Which is cool. So rather than emulating things they made before, they're actually just re-releasing the thing they made before. <laughs> I would like to commend that attitude to the to the world. There we go. Then. Okay. Do you have any uh, any additional <laughs> thoughts you'd like to add to this, or <laughs> shall we just keep going? Move on. There's plenty of other things to talk about. Indeed. So there we go. Um, if you're at South by Southwest, our second South by Southwest story, then Ableton have a space there and are doing a whole load of free public events, demos, workshops, seminars, stuff like that's going on as well. Um, they're also, I haven't put a link to this, but Ableton are also sponsoring the hack, the, the hackathon as well, which I think has some sort of kind of music element to it as well, but I, some sort of audio element to it, but I have to confess that I didn't have time to, to read through on that there. But if you're at South by Southwest, then, you know I mean, that's something to go and check out, though. There's tons of stuff at South by Southwest that you probably are going to go check out as well. But, you know, so, you know, Ableton's a cool company. I'm sure they'll be doing, you know, I'm sure they have something cool planned for their for their time there. So that'd be pretty awesome. Just come with them. Yeah. There you go. Hoo. Hoo. They say. Somebody else want to take the next one? Or should we just keep going? Um, I'd like to take it, but I'm not 100% sure on the pronunciation of the first word there. So. <laughs> I'd, there we go. F, F expansion maybe I don't know. F expansion Geist expander. So Geist this this seems to me to be a uh, sample based drum expansion thingamajig. And I wanted to ask you more about this one, Scott. I wanted to ask you more about it. Is this actually like a 
and expanded to something that F Expansion already sell, or is it a self-contained thing? Well, FX Expansion sell Geist, which is a kind of sampler, sample player, basically. So I start here is a set of samples which have been made from vintage drum machines. Um, I wasn't very interested in any part of what I've just told you so far. However, the samples are available at 44.1, 24-bit, and they are just samples that you can use however you want to. So at that point, I became slightly more interested because they've actually gone out and sampled um, the Hammond Autovary, the Watford Rhythm Generator, um, Amdek and Electroharmonic Pushing Tones, and the Verona DRM-1. Now, I'm quite into drum machines, and you know, soon I've been thinking about that, and I don't know what the Verona DRM-1, I, that isn't one I'd ever seen before. So I was quite, you know, for me it was cool that they found a drum machine that I hadn't heard of. So I was kind of impressed by that. Did you, did you guys know it? Did you guys no, know it? I know it. I'm looking. I those though. So, so. Um, but the good thing about this expansion pack, uh, along with that, is that it's fairly cheap. It's uh, £22, including VAT, for all registered Geist owners, it says, on the actual page that you can get to from the audio podcast notes. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a decent price, I'd say. Yeah, I definitely so. I wonder what the price is if you've not, cause you, because, like you said, the samples can be used in any sort of software or hardware, so different places you can get the samples and just use them. Yeah. yeah. yeah I suppose they've, they've actually made a sample program for Geist where everything is already connected and audio layers and velocity layers and all this kind of stuff are already set up. So, yeah, um, so yeah I mean, that's the benefit of doing it that way. Well, if, if like me, your main concern about the, the Soundcraft, uh, the new Soundcraft VI3000 wasn't the fact that it would cost a lot of money, but was rather the fact it would be it was a massive hulk of metal and would be very heavy to carry, you might be interested to discover that the Nordlead A1R version has been announced. So if you don't want a massive thing to carry around and instead you just want a rack-mountable module, then Nord have announced that the Lead A1 will be available in a rack form. Ah, well, there, there we go. go. And interestingly, because I, I think it was the A1 that I read a review of in San and San recently, and the reviewer said, actually, the, the rack, because the, the keyboard doesn't have um, aftertouch, on it, I think is the for the keyboard version is one of the big problems. So it's actually better if you're going to have to connect up your your own keyboard to that keyboard to use aftertouch. You might as well just have it in a rack. And he, and he thought it was a good idea to actually wait for a rack version. So this is yeah. that rack version. That's a rack version indeed. And I think the pricing difference wasn't substantial between them. I think it was a couple of hundred pounds, which. I, as I was reading, as I was just pulling the details together, I did think to myself, wow, it can't be much of a keyboard if the difference between the rack and the keyboard is a couple of hundred pounds. You know, <laughs> well, yeah. the Nord stuff is always very expensive as well, so you might say, well, you know, if it's only a couple hundred pounds more, it would might as well get a keyboard with it. But it depends how you use those types of things. Cool. Um, more new things. Akai uh, at Messer. I've got a whole load of stuff to be announced. Now, I put loads of stuff in the show notes, and there's even more stuff beyond the show notes. So I kind of took one story, amalgam- t- I had two stories which I amalgamated to one, and then went looking and found all the rest of it, and then got bored of putting it in, so I stopped at, random- at a random point. So there are some other stuff in, it- in addition to this. 
But um, things that did catch my eye out, I don't, I, my eye, I don't know if anything caught you, you guys, but the APC 4.0 Mark II Ableton Performance Controller is kind of cool. A whole load, whole load of new controllers, the APC Key 25. There's an APC Mini, which struck me as being good for the lower back if you want something lightweight just to carry around with yourself. <laughs> Obviously, from an audio podcast point of view, there's no possible way we could miss the announcement of a set of headphones. So the MPC headphones must also get an additional announcement. Um, there are also some keyboards as well. Was and there I, anything in that yeah. you guys had seen? Well, the MPX-16 sample recorder and player looks interesting. It kind of looks like one of those little Korg pad things, but it actually must be able to record and play samples through these the pad interface. So it's kind of a small, tiny yeah. desktop sampler. But And linked with the Roland area thing that we've talked about in the last few weeks, Akai are releasing a... Uh, analog drum and bass synth module called the Rhythm Wolf. That's right, yeah. That, that was in there as well. Um, a whole set of new keyboards as well. Did, then you, did you guys mention the wind controller that they pronounced there, the EWI 5000, which is a wireless breath control kind of thing? That's kind of no, we had a mutual. And did you know that they made MPC Essentials? No, I, I didn't. I've, it's been a oh, it's been a great week of discovery for me. I didn't know that Akai made software. It looks an awful lot like something that you would make in Max for Life, to be perfectly honest. Like, look, just looking at the interface right now, the screenshot. I haven't touched mm -hmm. it. It looks an awful lot like Max for Life, but it has the transport at the bottom rather than the top. That's kind of cool, actually. Sorry, transport yeah, at the bottom. I like that. <laughs> Do you not think? Sorry. Sorry, that's I'm, just. I always have to talk about the bottom line here. But um. All right. <laughs> no, I didn't there know that I did the software. I mean, the MPC is like you think about it, it's like the hardware, but why not? Why not? It's the software that it's running, so why not have it? Non-screen version of it. Yeah, that's no, cool. I like it. Anyway, loads of cool. You know what I mean? I'm saying the Akai stuff is the thing I love about Akai as a company, and always have done, is the fact that they are still. It still feels like the focus for them is hardware and hardware use experience and as a consequence they tend to do that better than most other people. Other people have this tendency to have a incredible piece of software wrapped up in a mediocre box with kind of and you can kind of tell that somebody spent about an hour doing something with you know with the box before they built it whereas with Akai it's the other way around you kind of get the feeling that this is a box that you know some you know they kind of forced somebody to use it for a week or something like that and then you know <laughs> Dealt with the fact that they'd like their hands had become claws or something like that, and they had to rebuild the you know make the hardware again and make it so it's not painful you know so you know I, that's the thing I get about Akai I think they make the hardware the hardware I, stuff what they make is I incredible. Agree. But uh, to talk about a uh, to talk about a company that makes amazing software, um, you know what it is? It's a sensation. It's a, it's a sale. It's a sale by Native Instruments. And they've got their synths on sale right now. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the sale runs to March the 17th. So that's not too long because it's, it's the 11th today. So that's, that's Monday. Uh, and it includes Massive, Monarch, FM8, Reactor Spark, Reactor Prism, Scanner XT, Absinthe 5, and Razor. Now I'm still just waiting for the Machine Studio to come up on sale. You know? <laughs> let's, let's, let's wait for that to come on so that would be fantastic now I'm just looking at something here does it say when it is on March the 
I'm just trying to work it out because I I put CET down as the because I don't know if you've noticed, but people are starting to deal with the time zone issue here a little bit. So the fact that obviously we say March the 17th and having audience in Russia and America means that there is a a problem there. You know what I mean? So it's and I put CET time, which I'm I'm certain is meant to be Central European time. Yep. But there is a there is a is there not an American time zone also referred to as CET as well? No. Oh, that might be CEST. Maybe so. There we go. Anyway, I'm certain it was European time. So if you're in America, why not buy it on the 16th just to be sure? Yeah, use your Sunday to do that, and then exactly. you don't have to worry about it on on Monday. Now, things that you may have been worrying about this past week, and we on the audio podcast can now bring resolution to those fears. It is indeed time for the quiz, and the ever ongoing and continuing quiz. I'll go first here. Uh, last week I uh, asked how old is the SM58. You can work it out for yourself, but it was first released in 1966. Yeah, how did, how did you work it out for yourself, Scott? I didn't bother. Oh, you did, did you just make it up? The date? Yeah. No. No, I didn't make it up. No. <laughs> Sam? Um, so I asked what was the design originally known as, and when I came across in front of a new book, um, but you can find the answer in multiple places online. The answer is Dickie Drums, and founded in 1984. Well, that was part of the question, but Dickie Drums, they originally made hardware sound units with um, sample drum sounds, which in oh, that's a... was, like, was popular. I put it that way. Did you should add 1984 in there. That's a great little bit of extra. You know, this is the audio podcast quiz slash knowledge base. This is a great resource we're building here. <laughs> Adam, um, Adam, who brings the world's most complicated and elongated questions to every quiz. Yes, yes. Uh, and there's a link here, actually, because the Digidrums that uh, Sam just mentioned, uh, that was a hardware thing, was it? My, my question was completely hardware-based. EMU released four sister sound modules to the Proteus 2000. Name them and describe each as specialization. So you have the MoFat, which was urban sounds. The B3 organ, um, and that had a very interesting sample. So when you turn turn the, the mod wheel, it's all sample based. But they managed to make it so that they sample, uh, the sample, the Leslie rotating speaker sound, actually moved up and down on the sample. So that was a, a quite a, a nice little thing it used to do back then. The extreme lead, which was a lead synth, and the virtuoso 2000, which was all about orchestral sound. So there you go. Fantastic. There we go. And I might have fit in a tweet, but I don't think the answer would eh? <laughs> That might not fit in a tweet, but luckily, this week's question from me, whilst also being about hardware, is a lot shorter. So my question for this week is, name Roland's first sampler. Ooh. That'll fit in a tweet. Very good. This week, my question continue, continues on. With the uh, with the sure theme, and what I'd like to ask is, what does the SM in SM58 stand for? <laughs> okay. Scott Mewitt. Scott Mewitt. Scott Mewitt. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. I've got another year based on the answers to this question. We'll do year. And in which year did Alexander Ellis introduce the system of stems for measuring frequency waves? Ooh, okay. So say that one again there. Sorry, yeah. just just do it again a little bit ago. Nice. Okay. So in what year did Alexander Ellis introduce the system of sense for measuring frequency ratios? Ooh. 
There you go. And remember, you can go to the audio podcast at co.uk forward slash show forward slash 107. And the questions for this week and the answers from last week are there in the quiz section. Indeed they are. And actually, if you reach, Sam mentioned this as a hack last uh, couple of weeks ago about something else, but it does work. If you want to just play the quiz, you could actually do the audio podcast at code.uk slash show slash quiz, and it would be there. Oh, yeah, yeah and th- that shows all of the quizzes, is it? Yeah, all of the questions and all of the answers, yeah. But you okay. need to start at the bottom and work your way up. Maybe I, sh- I should invert that. I'll, I'll get that done oh, at I don't some point. I don't know. Like, of course you can. You want to have the latest quiz at the top anyway, because otherwise... It gets longer, and then you have to scroll all the way to the bottom when you want to learn the new one. Yeah, yeah. but it goes quiz. It goes. It it always goes question and it always go. It should always go question answer, and it currently goes answer question. You see. Well, I think no. we should, I yes. think we should think ahead and leave it as it is. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, so, as so we argue about things that are entirely self-reflective, let's bring the the quiz to an end for this week, and head into the plunder. <laughs> and we're going to skip the also, first one because it's got nothing to do with uh, music or audio or anything now. We can do it. Indeed, indeed, Adam is correct to challenge the tenuous nature of the first item of plunder. I will uh, cast his uh, concerns aside with the citation that Moby <laughs> is within the video. But if by some chance you have not yet seen this video, then you should watch it. It also has music playing in the background. But it is indeed the announcement of hoverboards. Yeah, I think yeah. even if someone really invented a hoverboard, I don't think they'd ever be allowed out because there'd be a million deaths. It'd be the most dangerous way of getting anywhere. Yeah. And you know that if somebody did invent hoverboards, they quite clearly wouldn't make a video as good as this one. <laughs> well, that, that, for me was the, that for me was the indicator, because if you've made a hoverboard, you know what you need to do? You just have like a YouTube video of you standing on it, like, and that's it. Like You're done. Like Here's me standing on my hoverboard. Have a good day. You don't need to make an awesome video. So but there we go. It's well, an yeah, awesome video. You should check like it out. Need, it's not like you actually need to get Moby on board and uh, Schoolboy Q and people on board in your video just to make sure people watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you can go and watch that video on uh, on YouTube, and you can reach it through the audio podcast show notes. Cool. And now here, here's a here's a question which I'm going to take. Here, I'm going to take this item in an absolute flippancy because it invites us to do so. So, perhaps you've wondered why you should create music in Pro Tools. And well, I'm guessing that actually creating from scratch rather than just recording something and then doing something, doing something with that. Yeah. In Pro Tools. I think, I think so, I'm okay reading the title of this bit last week to slip up towards the end of the show, but the Avid Blog's actual title of the blog tape of the post of LinkedIn is Why the Heck Should I Create Music in Pro Tools? There you go. So I thought that as Avid had decided to write that as a blog post, we could have it as an item of plunder. So perhaps you've wondered why you should write music in Pro Tools before. Perhaps you've dismissed Pro Tools entirely on this basis, in which case Avid have a blog post that might inform you about well, this. When you read about it, it's quite clearly just, uh, hey, hey, don't forget, you can, you can actually do this in, in Pro Tools. It is actually well, possible. What, what I loved about this, I'm just opening up the blog post again because I thought this was fantastic. So I, I thought to myself, this is going to be a blog post which is going to have like some, you know, it's going to be like creative focus and it's going to talk about creative workflow and things like this and, you know, 
you know, that kind of focus. It's going to have a really, really heavy kind of creative focus to it. But then if I go down here, I notice that um, th there's a line that says, prior to Pro Tools 11, the 32-bit memory limitations hampered large samples from being loaded into RAM. Like, how did they end up writing, how does that sentence get into that post? Like, you know... Yeah, if you read it, you realize it's nothing about technique and how you know how you could actually adopt a more creative workflow in Pro Tools, and it's more about just like saying, "Oh, Pro Tools is great because it has 64-bit something and it does this and it sounds amazing," and that's what the post says. Yeah. But let, let's find it. Like, I think Avid Blogs is from the Avid Blogs, and if you don't know Avid Blogs, you should go see. They are the they are the formal blogs from the from the staff members at Avid. They they release a whole lot of stuff ahead of time, really subtly in the text and that sort of stuff. So it's worth reading to keep up to date. And it is quite interesting and quite well written. But I just for me, I thought this was like a, you know, one of those moments where you see a title and think, oh, it's going to be this, and then you read it and you're like, no, no, that's that's not what it is. So for the for the creative individual who has been put off by the previous memory limitations of Pro Tools, you'll be glad to hear that that is no longer a concern. Hey, there we go. Fantastic Scott. stuff. There we are. Scott, can I just ask you a question? Of course, yes. Has a new version of Logic been released this week? No. Ah. Okay. So, sorry about that. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. I'm sorry. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Let's let's see. Let's see. They they need some sort of big they need some sort of big show to do the announcement at, don't they? Really? If only there'd been like some big shows on this week, maybe they could have put something in. They, they need a big show for the announcement of Logic 10.0.7, fixing many bugs. <laughs> no, they just need to release something. Come on, get it out there. I want I want to have access to my Protus 2000 through the MIDI system. I want to be able to name all the patches of my Protus 2000 and select them across banks and all this kind of stuff. And as the, strains, <laughs> as the strains of Adam's complaints regarding Logic and his random piece of hardware carry on into the background, we bring this show 107 of the audio podcast to its inevitable conclusion. Ray, I guess. Don't forget, if you enjoy the show, you should subscribe to us. You can get us in iTunes, Gpodder. I still haven't found us on Sketcher Radio, but apparently we are there. Somebody told me Stitcher Radio, but apparently we are there. You can also, uh, if you want to watch our delightful faces, see us on YouTube as well, which is you know, fair enough. And hit the subscribe button, and we, you know, and the new show appears when it appears, because we're a bit random with when, you know, it's generally Tuesday 2 p.m., but it's a bit random, really. So, you know what I mean? You shouldn't count on that too much, as, as a kind of thing like that. With all those things done, don't forget, if you want to tweet us, then, you know, at the audio podcast. If you say something nice, we'll probably respond. If you say something negative, we'll probably ignore you. But, oh, you know, Scott, did, did someone actually us. answer the questions this week? I have to confess that I didn't look. I haven't looked. <gasps> I was about to chip in with that same comment. Yeah, um, that's yeah, crazy, because that's the only thing we say about the quiz, is if the, only, the only thing you win if you answer the questions first is a mention on the audio podcast. Oh, that's true. That anymore. Well, we, we should check. We will, rep, we will adjust that in place. In actual we'll, fact, we'll I have... Yeah, we'll do that next week, show. Indeed so, indeed so. Anyway, so with that done, don't forget the show notes, theaudiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash 107. I've been Scott Hewitt, and this has been... I've had a lot of fun, as always. And Samuel Freeman. And the Proteus 2000 is not a random piece of hardware. It is great. I am Adam Yanch, and we will see you next week. Bye! Bye.